Welcome to the Hard Parking Podcast Archive. What you're listening to is Season 1, Episodes 1 through 8. Had co-host Brando Barameda. Neither one of us were using a microphone, so we were basically talking into the phone. My typical recording location was in a hotel room as I travel for work. Some of the episodes I was recording at my house downstairs in an open room. So the audio is everywhere. We're both on one channel. I had not yet learned to record on a split channel. If you want to fast forward to season one, episode nine, that's when I essentially went solo for the most part, started bringing on guests. Just keep that in mind. Please enjoy the archived episodes. Again, season one, episodes one through eight. Welcome back to the, now we're calling this the Hard Parking Podcast with Jay Finning and Mr. B, introduce yourself to everybody. Brando Barrameta. Brando Barrameta. Yes, sir. So we we just recently, you know, redid our entire first floor. I may have talked about that before. We hired a contractor to come in, the same guy who built our cabinets to build out the pantry. But here's the problem. He quoted this like, you know, $1,200 and we're looking at each other like, wow, that's a steal because, you know, my wife wants cabinets, floating shelves, like a quartz countertop. So we kept waiting for this guy to come back, waiting for him to come back. My wife started complaining because he wasn't calling her back. And I said, well, just give him time. I'm sure he's really busy. He's a laborer. You know, give him some time. So we finally get a hold of him. He tells us his sob story about a bunch of crap that happened to him and he ended up having to come out of pocket like 18 grand. So now our quote went from 1200 up to like 4000 So my wife starts looking at me and she's like, well, can you do it? I go, well, I can try. You know, I can hang up some wire shelves. Or something simple because I'm not a fucking contractor. You know, I can do some basic shit. So she got excited about it and we started drawing out these plans and she started showing me this like professional HGTV stuff. You know, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa I can't even handle that shit. So <laughs> I spent all last weekend at Ikea. My knees are fucking hurt because I spent a lot of time on my knees too. <laughs> <and I> spent... <laughs> not that kind of knees. Not that kind of knees. I spent my knees in the garage I'll, I'll tell you about that in a little bit but you know long story short i have this i went out and bought all this heavy duty equipment and i'm gonna try to create these shells and build out the pantry but that's definitely not something that i'm any good at but you know it's kind of one of those things that i kind of jump into Jeez, it's a lot of homework at home exactly yeah <laughs> i spend all my weekends working with the house but at the end of the day it'll be happy wife happy life or I'm trying to find ways to make it happy spouse, happy house, because I got some shit I want to do with my car. <laughs> you, you need your approval for that, huh? Well, this this is my approval because we dropped a lot of money on redecorating the entire first floor, building on a brand new, you know, kitchen. Of course, I got my bar, which I talked about, you know, on the first podcast about what I was obsessing about, right. you know, the liquor collection. <laughs> so that's basically what all this is. So hopefully I can get that knocked out at some point. So last time we talked... You know, we talked about the NBA Finals. Right. So, you know, your team lost. Right. <laughs> God. So, so now I guess we can't. Yeah, so I guess good. we can't talk about that anymore. Um, so what else you got on your mind? What are you obsessing about right now? Like, what can you live? What can you live without? Like, what's 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 getting you right now? Dude. Positive or negative? Have you checked out that Jaguar J-Type? Maybe I should check it out now. So what are we looking at? Is so, a sports car? SUV? It's a sport. It's a, they're finally going mid-engine. You know, everybody's going mid-engine, right? So they're going mid-engine, and they're using, I think this pretty much 
the same engine they had on the F-Type, the uh, the supercharged 5.0. I think it's a Coyote engine, but they're going mid-engine, you know. So, um, man, I'm excited for that to come out. And they said that's uh, 2022. 2022. So this looks like it's been in development for maybe a couple of years. And you know it's a remake from their old car with the super huge, you know, front, you know, hood. Yeah, the there. 90s XJ. No, we're no, no, no. We're talking about like the 1967 car. Oh, okay. So this is super old. But yeah, I'm taking a look at it, and you're right. Maybe from a design perspective, it kind of reminds me of an XJ220. I think that's what they were. Yeah. But better. It almost has has like a, a an F type ish right inspired front. Right. Hey, this is really It looks car. good. You remember they they had the Jaguar racing on um, the James Bond movie. Remember they had the Spectre Defender, and then they had a mid-engine Jaguar that the uh, the bad guy had, and that's that's dope. Yeah, they had the like, was that the one? So they had the Jag, and then some of the movies they had the Aston Martins, and then yep. Um, is this the one where the gun came out of it, or was that like a DB9? I think that was a DB9. Oh. This one was what um, the wrestler. He was a he's a wrestler in real life, but he played the bad guy this time, James Bond Spectre. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, the, the movie is <laughs> the movie Spectre. Yeah, yeah, they had yeah, that yeah. one in that car, or that that car was in that movie. Speaking of Spectre, okay, a couple of years ago you brought up a build project. You still messing with that? Oh yeah, my <laughs> my Spectre Defender. Yeah, I am. Uh, put that project on hold. For the last two years, and now got some extra time to create content for it and to be able to build it out and finish it off. Yeah, so I'm making a list of people that I'm collaborating with, some brands that I'm working with, you know, to kind of pull our resources together and pull this bad boy off. So, really so, looking forward to that one. Can I? Is there a way I can? Can I track this anywhere? Is this on like Facebook or social media? Oh yeah, it's Instagram. Right now, it's on Instagram at uh, Specter Defender. S P E C T R E D E F D N D E R. But I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of either continuing it there or continuing it on my uh, at that damn NSX. What do you think? Should it be Man, separate? Should it be separate? Because I don't want to manage another page, you know? I manage several pages, and I'm telling you, it's kind of a pain in the butt. But at the same time, you know, there's going to be people who – it's hard, right? Because there's people who follow you that don't care about your car, cars. So that's why you have that damn Islander. Mm-hmm. But then there's people who follow that page that want to see your car. That's why you have that damn NSX. But I think it's okay to have two builds underneath the same page. I think so. But, because I, no, I don't no. want to create that. There's so much. Con- you got to put out so much content. And, you know, like I'm already in that business. So being able to change gears and create for your hobby. I don't know. It's kind of it's a little stressful. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's So um, they should let us know. People, y'all should let me know how I'm going to do this. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we can we can leverage the people that that listen to this podcast when it eventually comes out. And um, I think that speaking of the people you created, remember remember Mid Engine Mafia? 
<laughs> yeah. So we you got to change that page. And I don't know if Facebook allows you to change the name of a page. Oh, Facebook's man. kind of fucked up. Like, it's really difficult to do anything once you they create are. something. They're, they're being Nazis about things right now. So we may have to either close it or see if we can change it to the name Hard Parking Podcast. Yeah. But, you know, that's not a huge thing. But it's just kind of something I think we should take a look at. Yeah, I'm going to try doing that then. So what do you, do you have any projects going on with your NSX? You got any, yeah, I think you'd mentioned at some point in time, I don't remember if it was on the air or just in passing about maybe messing with the surfboard or doing something like that on your car. Yeah. Storage or... I think we're going to do it. We're going to do a, a surfboard. You know, it's Panama City Beach. It's Florida. It's, we get decent surf. And when's the last time you saw an NSX with a surfboard? According to Google, none. Oh, look, oh, again, none? How about that? How about that? How about that? <laughs> so are you going to do, because it looks like there's design racks specifically for surfboards. Are you just going to, like, put the rack on? You have a Targa. No, no, no. I have a, I have a coupe. You can't, yours is pre, what is yours, 94? 94, right. That's right, yeah. Well, so you have a coupe. You can do whatever you want, man. Right, so I'm thinking of getting these uh, brackets from uh, Sea Sucker. Sea Sucker. Yeah, Sea Sucker. Dude, I don't know how that's going to work because it's our, our, our roof is not that long, you know? Yeah. You know, it's only maybe like a should... foot and a half, maybe. Maybe create another bracket that you're going to put on your on our rear window glass like that's gonna fucking shatter so i don't know i don't know i think you're just gonna just gonna do it and just see what the fuck happens you considered a kneeboard instead i don't know that's a good idea i think i'm just <laughs> gonna put i'm just gonna put you different sizes i'm just gonna put different sizes you know like okay that that looks good right there i just want to make this look good okay that looks proportionate you know maybe like a, a short board you know maybe a six foot is that like a body board i don't uh, know anything about aqua sports yeah no it's it's uh you want something narrow so a, a surfboard will do it rather than a bodyboard or bodyboard's fat yeah and they're, they're like they look like frogs you know oh yeah they're like shape weird yeah i don't know shit about that yeah I don't want... i'm still working on my carpet oh. um, one of the things i'm obsessing about is you know man so i was driving back from from texas a few months ago, and my car was loud. I couldn't hear the car play. I couldn't talk to people. I like listening to soundtrack, like movie scores, music, like, you know, Hans Zimmer and Clint Manziel and those guys. Right. And to hear some of the tones, it's got to be airtight and quiet, and that's impossible in my car. But what I can do is try to make it a little bit more sound efficient and, by the way, um, insulated a little better. So what I did is I went out and I bought a bunch of soundproofing materials. I went online, looked at the stuff called Noico, N-O-I-C-O, and it was the editor's choice. You know, they compared that to Dynamat, Hushmat, like 10 different brands. And Dynamat's OG, though, yeah. It's OG. It's OG. It's, very, it's OG, but it's also very expensive. Right. So I bought that, and then I went to this other website called uh, Second Skin Audio. I bought some of their material. It's almost like carpet padding, but the fibrous carpet padding, so it's kind of heavy and it's got the reflective silver material on both sides okay and so that's going to be the second layer and the layer layer second layer and then about this stuff called mass loaded vinyl now that you see that on the internet all the time this mass loaded vinyl about 28 inches wide and then whatever the math is to make it nine square feet i don't think i have enough to do both sides of the floor 
driver and passenger. But that's what I'm going to be working on for a while, and I'll continue to update. I also have to take my car into science and speed to finally get the ECU. And hopefully I don't need to have anything major done to it, and I can just get the ECU because that's going to be like three grand. But I'm tired of my car shutting off because I have the force, the um, the FIC, yeah, which is a piggyback system. The FIC sucks. So what happens is I can't run my air conditioner and come to a full stop at the same time because the FIC basically retards the timing. And so when I break, the RPM gauge dips and the car can cut off. And then it makes it difficult. Sometimes it doesn't want to start up immediately. So if you're sitting at a light, people are looking at you like either A, that guy's car is a piece of shit, or B, he doesn't know how to drive a stick. <laughs> right. Because when I first got this thing put in, I was doing a photo shoot with Kenny, Kenny Visions, one of my friends, and that car probably died only 50 times within three hours, like rolling through downtown Phoenix. Embarrassing as yeah, shit. That's, that, that's, yeah, that can be embarrassing. Because guess what? People look at my car. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> All eyes on you. Yeah, no creeping around right. in that thing. Um, yeah, hopefully I can get all that squared away. Mods, you know, so visual mods, things you can and can't see. So that's basically what I'm doing now is you can't really see the soundproofing and the thermal protection, but I can feel it. You know, so where do you spend your money when you start doing little things? You know, is it, what's your first move, exterior or interior? So I went with the Instagram route. I made, <laughs> you know, I wanted the outside okay to be what i wanted to be you know like when i after i got the car i was like all right i think i'm ready to give her you know her own personality and at that time the uh, the porsche gt3 rs came out with that ultraviolet that like, purple right yeah that purple that ultraviolet yep and i was like all right that's the color well, I think it's awesome because mm. you're like you kind of announce yourself to social media. Yeah, it was because people was. get tired of looking at the same cars. So now they're like, "Wow!" I mean, it's a pro and a con. The con is you kind of eliminate the masses, but the pro is you bring in the niche. Correct, and I made I kind of made it look like a show on social media in a way that I didn't tell anybody the color until. It came out because, like, whenever I would show it with new paint, I would make it into black and white, you know. So it was like I was engaging with my friends online. <laughs> I think I'm going to um, start up another segment called Rental Car of the Week because I, I rent a car on this contract. I do contract work on this contract every other week, but usually it's every week. And I actually try to film, like, make a YouTube show. Right. Called, I think it's like rental car reviews with Jay or something, something fucking stupid. So last year when I was working the same contract out in New Jersey, I would bring a GoPro with me and I would set it up in the car and I'd film out outside footage. I'd stick it on the front of the car. We'd film the road and I'd stick it on the, the, the dashboard and film me and I'd put it on the back of the car and I would talk about road noise and things I like about the car and things I hate about the car and would the car be good for you if you rented it with a family, would it be good for you, depending on the city you're in, all that stuff. Made about 12 episodes. Had, I don't know, 15 gigs of uncut, raw content, to use your word. Watched a few previews. I did a lot of outtakes. The outtakes were funny. The show sucked, in my opinion. Like, nobody else is ever going to see it. But 
I decided if I don't think it's funny, then it's not funny, which it's probably not up to me to decide. But so anyway, trash that idea. But now we have this platform. So I'm going to do Jay's rental car of the week. And it may not be every episode, but damn it, I'm going to talk about a car because this is a hard parking podcast. Right. Anything automotive. And, and toys. Some. Yeah. And then toys. And Marvel and MCU and toys. All them. I'm such a nerd. So, you know, so the nerds are going to tune in, the geeks, because they're expecting to hear about all the geeky shit that I post on social media. They're probably not going to get it. They're going to be pissed. And then the mm-hmm. hardcore car people are going to be tuned in and they're going to hear geek shit and they're going to be pissed. <laughs> he is going to piss everybody off. Everybody's going to be pissed off. <laughs> so let's right. do our question of the week. Already. This week's question of the week on July 11th. <laughs> <laughs> what vehicle from the 1970s would you buy and fix up if money was not an issue? I would not take one from the 1970s. But I'm going to get one from the 1980s and get the 1981 DeLorean. It was the year I was born. And I, I don't know, it just... You know, it's nice to kind of open up your garage and be like, oh, yeah, and this is a car that was born the same year I was born. Let me tell you the story. What year is this? Yes. 81. 1981. And they only made DeLoreans for like three, four years. Yeah, because he went to jail. Hey, I got to be honest here. You said DeLorean? Yeah. For some reason, my brain went El Camino. Wow. And I was getting ready to talk so much shit about how you picked the ugliest car, <laughs> arguably ever. Oh there's some God. '70s El Caminos. Like I got a boy in Michigan who fixed one up. Yeah. And it was actually respectful. It looked good. But I'm like '81 El Camino. I wonder what that looks like. That put it like an LS swap. You know, resto modded. Put it on bags, and have a fucking fog machine inside. Fuck yeah. I don't even all know if day. you can do all that. All that day. Yes, I can. There, man, there's enough fucking fabricators out there. Somebody's going to make it. You just got to spend enough fucking money. Someone's going to make it work, huh? Right. Somebody. Somebody's crazy. You'll make enough. it rain. You're going to walk into the, the mod shop and just make it rain. <laughs> right. Like, so in, let's do this. <laughs> in California, there's a guy. There's probably several people who do this. But in California, there's a guy who made a clone of the time machine. And this thing looks like a freaking movie prop. I've seen it. He brought it to Scottsdale Cars and Coffee. That's dope. Yes. Yeah. It's got the wires. He's got the the whole thing on the inside with the you know the the 1955 November was it November 5th 1955 whatever the date was like he's got everything. He's got the flux capacitor in there. Yes, that's that's man. That's that. See now that you you go. That's people's toys. It's not really yeah. a car anymore. It's like. A toy. That build makes my car look like bullshit. Right. No, that's in my opinion. Right. To to be something like that, to be like you said, stage prop type shit. You know, like somebody pulls up with that, like, yeah, okay, like okay, you win. Like fuck yeah. Right. It's (laughs) so next level and modified it's not reversible. Right. That's commitment. Yes. Okay. He wins. Good. I built mine to where I can reverse it because the wrap comes off. I redo the interior keep my seats yeah. and it's still going to be a badass looking nsx it's just going to be boring black like everybody else's black nsx which drives me fucking nuts i always put something on the car 
so that people know whose car it is. But I got the custom taillights, but there's nothing nothing upsets me more. Actually, a lot of things upset me. But from a car perspective, one of the pet peeves is when someone says, oh, I think I saw your car in California. I saw I saw you driving down whatever the other day. I'm like, no, you didn't. No one says that <laughs> shit now. Hey, I don't, I don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't have that problem. I don't have that problem. I don't have that problem. You know, or people say, "Oh, I saw. I was watching YouTube, and I think I saw your car, a car like yours." No, no, motherfucker, that was my car. <laughs> right. You know, you saw my car. Nobody else is this fucking crazy. So what? What would I pick though? I would pick a 1972 Camaro split bumper, split front bumper. Mm. And I used to hate the 70s Camaros because you know we grew up in the I rock era. Right. Tell me you didn't want an I rock. You wanted one, oh, right? Oh, fuck yeah. I wanted the Z74, Z24 I rock T top. Mm. Yep. Black. That thing was bad. Like the gray, they had like that cool gray. I think they had the gray. Am I misremembering? Oh, no. I saw it was like black, red, and white. And ones with fucking flames. And blue. The blue looks good. Sorry. Red. I went to my cousin's house in 2006 in Minnesota, and he has a barn. He collects cars, sort of. He's the type of car collector who makes some money but doesn't really know anything. So you'll go into his barn and he'll have like the IROC Camaro, C3 Corvette, Stingray with a big, huge bumper or fenders. And he'll have just like a bunch of like weird bullshit cars. Right. And I've told him, I said, hey, Blair, why don't you sell all these cars and buy like one real car? Because most of his cars are from the late 70s or early 80s when the automotive industry was down, down, down. Especially the U- the U.S. market. Not a lot of nice cars came out during the during that era. But anyway, so I hated the, 19, or the 1970s Camaro until I played this game called Grid, which is a racing game. Mm-hmm. One of the best, in my opinion, racing games ever for the PC. PC, but, okay. Yeah, I'm a PC gamer. So... One of the courses, you would have to pick certain type of vehicles. It's like a real race in, in real life where you can't race an open-wheel vehicle in a crash-up derby. That you, you have to race open-wheel versus open-wheel, Euro-spec versus Euro-spec, kind of like Gran Turismo, right. you know. But I saw, like, one of my opponents in the game had that vehicle, and it, had, it was kind of that kind of vintage stock car nascar look with the big numbers on the side and the sponsors on it and i was like holy that that shit is bad if i ever get one i'm gonna make it look bad it's gonna have the the big tires it's gonna have some nice racing wheels but period correct or a period correct design but modernized right 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 and i'm gonna have uh wheel letters from Mm -hmm. back then because remember everything had like the big goodyear on it or the BF Goodridge, or whatever. Yep. I mean, that shit looks sick. That would be awesome. That would be awesome Thank to freaking you. have. You know, that's that's something that would be it'd be fun to drive in cars and coffee and, you know, show your different builds, you know. But you know what would happen is people would come up, they love the car, and they'd start talking about that car and how their dad had one or their grandpa had one, and they'd start getting real technical about the motor, and I don't know any of that shit. Shit, man, they do that shit with the NSX sometimes, man. I'm like, uh, I, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, so you have it where they'll be, you know, because who's that character, Jesse, on the first Fast and Furious? 
who fucking ran away. Yeah, 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 Jesse. With the Jetta. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, in that movie when he's talking, he's like, I can only, I only work on cars because it's like the only thing that calms me down or whatever. Right. I've had kids come up to me and start talking all this crazy Honda shit. Like, oh, and then I got, it's got the, the C58 and the Z26P XP12 and I'm going to install them. So I'm like, I'm just shaking my head like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, totally. So which one does this have? Does this have the blah, 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 blah. Look, kid. Right, like, mm. it's a C32B. That's about all I can tell you. <laughs> right. So I'm like, uh, I don't know, dog. You know, and I'm I'm front with that stuff too. I'm like, I, I, no, it's I, awesome, but I mean, I'm not a super <laughs> tech mechanic. I'm not a super tech anything. Hey, so how do you feel about sponsorships? Should we spend some time burning on that? Because I have a lot to say about sponsorships. Yeah, uh, actually. What, what do you? What is your thought on sponsorships? What, what would you tell the people? And do you have any sponsorship stories? Man, so the first thing that I do is I make I put together a, a marketing proposal of that kind of gives a little background of what I, you know, what I've done, what the the next goal is for the next quarter or the next year, and things that, like you know, talk about my brand, and things that I promise, you know, to pull off and provide some kind of a, a key performance indicators for it. Either it's either on impressions, you know, and calculate that on CPMs to put value on, uh, put a dollar value on what I bring to the table. So once that write-up is put together, I look for a company that I already am a, either using or something or someone that I want to gain access to, you know, something that I want to have a piece of, uh, that I want to be sponsored. You know, it's, I, I'm very picky on who I want to collaborate with. You have to be, right? You, I think you have to be. I think, I think a lot of people are just putting out, oh, I got sponsored by this sticker, IG brand. That's not really sponsorship, dog. That's, that's a $5 piece of vinyl. You know, like both brands should bring something to the table, something that will benefit both of them and, you know, promote them as well and kind of lift them up, lift their brand up and be able to complement each other. So I think a lot of people just hit everybody up to, hey, I'm looking for a sponsorship and they don't have any marketing piece or any marketing proposals of what they've done. And the problem is, is that I feel that a lot of people talk about what they're going to do. I think sponsors, are they, they prefer to jump on board when they see you doing the work already, that they're like, oh, this person is actually doing this and I'm going to, this product of mine will accentuate their build and make it better. I think a lot of people just are like, well, I don't have anything yet, but I'm going to have the best stuff. And for me to have this best stuff, I need for you to give it to me now but i haven't proven myself but i promise i'm going to do it like i don't think sponsors would like that you, know, a, you gotta have a plan yeah it's a lot know? like like the example i was given earlier with my with the grid right right so as you show and prove more it unlocks doors to bigger sponsorship opportunities correct but you, but you can't go to michelin with nothing and say, hey, will you sponsor me? Sponsor me. I have 120 followers on Instagram. I, I'm on my first vehicle. 
I want new, I want free tires and I want you to sponsor me. <laughs> right. And it's not a fact of people being dumb. It's in the, the, in the little naive or not really understanding, you know, what it really means to be sponsored and, and the level of effort and, and your commitment to them, I think. Correct. I mean, you have to look at it from the other side of the fence as well. If you have a company and somebody just hits you up the way you hit somebody up, would you want to sponsor them too? I always look at it from that end. And you know, it helps me build my marketing proposal. People have to have to understand and be okay with the no. Yeah, don't take it as a rejection. Take it as an opportunity to, to build your brand, get better, and come back with them again. Correct. No, no doesn't mean no. No means not, not right now. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not right now. You know, and when you, if you have that mentality, you know, and you're not fragile, it's it's nothing to be able to just you know, send out a bunch of marketing proposals and sponsorship application and see which one lands, you know? Isn't it kind of like, so we talked about ph photography last time. Right. So, you know, if you're just starting out as a photographer, you know, you don't really have a portfolio. It's going to be harder for you to book cars of people you don't know, especially if they're nice cars, than if you're an accomplished photographer and you have this portfolio. If you're Larry Chin Photo, you know, then people are going to, hit you up and be dying to take photo shoots with you because of who you are and what your portfolio is. I think it's the same thing in the sponsorship game to a certain extent. Correct. Correct. I want to see, you know, like if you, if you go online and put in some application for some sponsorship, that questionnaire is going to ask you, who have you worked with? You know, because they want to see, you know, which brand has invested in you somewhat, somehow, some way. And, be able to look at your social media and see if you did a good job representing those guys or if you just did it to get free stuff and disappeared, you know? And, in, and some companies don't really care. They ask you, are, do you have an online presence? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? You know, do you go to car shows? If not, do you plan on going to shows? Because a lot of times I'll ask you if you won awards, what have you done this last year? What are you planning on doing next year? Just to get in the door, so you could take a, a very large company, and they may say, okay, well, based on the information you gave us, we'd like to offer you a sponsorship. Here's your special code. Here's your login. You get 15% off. Right. But, I mean, that's it. And I guess that's like starting out. So people get happy. Okay, well, now I'm sponsored by, we'll just say, K&N Intakes. Right. Now I can go to K&N, and I can buy an intake for 15% off. I can then I can walk into AutoZone. Right, for Basically, they get a discount. So it's kind of a sponsorship, but not really. Because then you got partial sponsorships. You have full sponsorships. Correct. And you don't have to have a full sponsorship to be considered sponsored. Correct. It all, it all depends on, I guess, what, what the deal is. The deal is. Yeah. You know, I've seen people post, you know, on Instagram, hey, go buy this car care product. Use my code and get 15% off. Now, sometimes they are sponsored in, this, in the fact that, so so I was sponsored by Mothers. I've been sponsored by Mothers twice. I've been sponsored by Meguiar's. Nice. Um, I'm sponsored somewhat by Ceramic Pro. I have a, the gold package. Um, I got a sweet deal from a local installer, um, higher Solomon, higher quality detail. But I'm still able to have that and a partial mother sponsorship. So what Mothers does, and Adams does this as well, is for the people they decide to sponsor, they mm -hmm. give them a credit 
to their products. So then you can log in and the, you know, they'll say, we like what you're doing. Here's $200 a year, no cash value, but you can log into our portal and you can order stuff. Wow. And that's a level of sponsorship. And that's technically, I would call it a full sponsorship. Yeah. And then in, in, in return for, for that, you know, send people our way. And by the way, at the show, you need to put these decals on your car. You need to submit photos, keep us informed of what you're doing. So in order for us to give you $200 worth of product over the next year, you need to prove to us that we're not wasting our time. So we want people to see our product and know that you're using our product on your car at car shows online, et cetera. Right. So that's the, that's the exchange that people have to understand because there's also other companies where I've seen people put in their Instagram profile, Hey, I'm sponsored by this car culture. And this is the same car culture that's, that hits everybody up on Instagram says, <laughs> We want to sponsor you. We'll help you help us. Our sponsorship to you is buy our stickers and buy our shirts for 15% off, post it online. And then the question is, okay, well, now that I've done that, how are I'm supporting you? How are you supporting me, Mr. Company, Mrs. Company? And all the company does is they might post your car once every blue moon, but beyond that, that's no, all they're doing. So no then, monetary benefits, huh? No. So that's to me and to you. That's not a sponsorship. That's just slick marketing. In order Multi-level to get marketing. Your car. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I think we're on the same page. So for people listening to this, don't get discouraged if you're looking for sponsors. Have a plan, like Brando said. Don't right. be afraid to fail. It's a fair exchange. And, and, you know, I have the, I'm part of the One Auto Movement ownership. And when we first started out, people are always asking us, hey, give me a free sticker. Give me a free shirt and I'll support you. And so it's really easy for me to flip around as the essentially not a person, but as a company, you put yourself in the same shoes of the people that you're asking for things of as right. a company. I'm like, okay, well, who are you? What is your exposure level? If I give you my stuff, what's my return on investment? Okay. Well, you're a, a professional drift racer. What company doesn't want their product on a professional drift car? Correct. So the return on investment is great. Potentially. Right. But if you're just starting out on social media, if you have no presence, if you just want to drive around with my stuff on your car, chances are I'm not giving you anything for free because basically what you're doing is you're asking me to walk up to you, a complete stranger on the street and say, here's 10 bucks. Go have fun. Right. Pretty much. You're asking me to come out of my pocket because your word is you want to support what I'm doing. But if you really want to support what I'm doing, then you're going to place an order right. and get out there. So it's the same thing with sponsorships. You have to have a plan. So how, how did you do your SEMA? SEMA, I, I had no idea. I had already secured sponsorships because I decided to get in the car show game five years ago. So when I moved from West Michigan, Arizona, and I got around more car shows, I learned out, I figured out real quick that, hey, I'm going to need to step my game up. In order to step my game up, I need to try to leverage cleaning products. I already go to shows. And so I got online and started looking you know, mother sponsorship. So that was the first car care sponsorship I had. You go to their website and you click on the sponsorship thing, or you find a general email and you say, Hey, I have this vehicle. I go to these shows. What sponsorship opportunities are there? And that's if they don't already have a URL that, that, that spells out, you know, spells out their sponsorship. So you read through them and you submit your information and you start to commit. And that's how you first get started in the whole sponsorship game for SEMA. I had to work my ass off 
because you can't just go to SEMA with a basic car. You need product. A lot of the relationships that I have and sponsors that I have, the legit ones, those are relationships I'd been working for a couple of years because my car wasn't ready at the time. I didn't really have what it takes, didn't have enough followers, but I made sure to always say hi to the right people. You know, not to be fake about it, but I would say, hey, I'm going to do this project. How can you be involved? And, you know, they're like, let us know, let us know, let us know. Once it got around for SEMA, I was already on my first set of BC Forged and I wanted new wheels for the wrap. So I wrote them, hey guys, I'm trying to get to SEMA. You know, I'd like to get another set of wheels. I need to get shocks. I wrote to Clarion. I wrote to, I wrote to three or four different wheel manufacturers, to be honest. And each proposal I made sure I went through, you know, I kind of told them who I am what my story is, what my plans for SEMA are, what my accomplishments are, and how their product would help take my build to the next level. And in return, what sort of exposure I can do for them. Because that's all they really want to know. What can you do for us? And since my vehicle is themed after a cartoon, I went out of the box and I hit up 80stees.com. I hit up Robotech. I hit up a lot of other things that are kind of related to my vehicle to see if they could, you know, chip in and give me discounts on things so I can support them or give me things free outright. And then what you find with SEMA is a lot of companies, they don't have a booth at SEMA because SEMA is very expensive and it's not worth it for a lot of the smaller companies or companies that just don't have expendable income like Ford who rents out like half the North Hall and Lord knows they're probably paying millions of dollars for SEMA. But what they tell you is, hey, are you in SEMA? What booth are you in? And until you can confirm you're in SEMA, you're not getting hardly anything. But in order to keep that carrot at the end of the stick, they say, hey, once you get to SEMA, let us know who you're going to be with. Then we'll talk. Once um, Ceramic Pro sponsored me for SEMA, that was it. Full steam ahead. Once I had a company that would sponsor me being in SEMA, everything else opened up. I had already hooked up with Michelin. I already had Michelin tires. So once I got into SEMA, I went back to Michelin and said, hey, I'm going to be in SEMA. And they said, great, we got you on tires. So I knew I didn't have t- I didn't have to worry about my tires for SEMA. So I knew I'd have a brand new set of tires. I went to Clarion and said, hey, what's up? It's Jay. How you doing? Because I was already friends with them through the relationships that I had built. And I let them know, hey, I'm going to be in SEMA under Ceramic Pro. They said, great, here's a radio. You know, for Avery, the wrap company, the Avery Vinyl, I sent them a proposal, said, hey, I'm going to be in SEMA. I need some material. And they said, great, here's all the material. We're going to mail it to your local installer. And I didn't get the wrap for free, but the local installer gave it to me, EA Rats, for a really good price because I'd already gotten to SEMA. So that gives them an opportunity to have another one of their vehicles at SEMA because they know over 200,000 people are going to see the car and they're going to see EA wraps on it. Just like Michelin's going to see Michelin on the window, just like Clarion's going to see Clarion on the car. You know, it just helps them for marketing. Like I said, once I got accepted into SEMA, doors started opening up. You know, my buddy with a 3D printed printing company, I see 3D printers. He told me that he'll print anything that I want for a good price. It wasn't free. It wasn't cheap. That's another thing. I spent a lot of money to get into SEMA. Now it's a lot less money with all the discounts, but I still spent a lot of money. So people have to understand if you're going to go all in, unless you're at the level of like BC Moto, people aren't giving you a lot of things. A lot of times you're just going to have to come out of pocket. You know, part of that is a commitment too. So they say, okay, so we're going to give you this product 
we're going to promote you on social media. Your ass is ours for like the next year, the next two years. Now I feel, you know, you have a commitment to them if you're an honorable person, you know, so here we are, we're almost at the two year anniversary of SEMA. You know, I have a Clarion Fields page, you know, that they put up for me, you know, any other sponsors that I've had repped me as well on social media. And that's also part of it. And that's one thing I always ask people. So you're sponsored by this company. When have they mentioned you on social media? So if you go through my feed, I have a different wheel company now, but even with BC Forge, I have a BC Forge page with my old wheels. I have a P BC Forge page with my second set of wheels. Now I have Forge Line wheels. They gave me a great deal. And had I not already been in SEMA and already had a social media presence, then I wouldn't have got the same deal that I got on my Forge Lines. So everything kind of rolls together. Like once you get in, you can keep that ball rolling as long as you want. It's going to cost money. Stuff isn't for free, but things become a lot easier, just like the video game with Grid, as you work your level your, yourself up and go to more and more and more shows, be seen at more places, you know, create a brand for yourself. I'm on Twitter. I'm all over Instagram. I've bridged the culture between the anime world and the car world, Robotech. They put me on their website. They put me on their social media. This is a company that makes cartoons, you know, 80s tees in exchange for me putting 80s tees on the car and wearing their stuff. They've promoted me, you know, and like I said before, I have a page on Clarion, you know, and so when they give back to you and they talk about you to all the major people out there, then you know you've really secured a sponsorship because it's not really a sponsorship, it's a partnership. So that's that's basically, you know, my journey through SEMA. And, you know, it, like we were saying earlier, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions on what it is to really be sponsored and what it is to look for a sponsor. And, you know, it's, it's a two-way street. It's, it's fair exchange on both sides. And, you know, I'm at the point now where, Again, I never made it to the BC Moto level where he's got Hot Wheels in the, with his name, you know, but I think I I can look back at the whole journey in this last couple of years and say it's been a really successful run. No idea what I'm doing next. Brando, I have a model car coming out, a miniature of my car that they pre-sold hundreds of that'll be out in October, you know, and my name's going to be on there with my Instagram and everything. None of that would have been possible without SEMA and the sponsorships and companies believing in me. And none of that would have been possible without me taking the step, the bold step to design an anime wrap for my car. That risk of making my car the way it looks with sponsorships. Sometimes if you really want to take the next step, you have to be willing to go to the extreme without selling yourself out. Because there's a lot of companies, like I approached, you know, another major wheel manufacturer and they straight up told me my vehicle isn't the vision and the image of what they're looking for. And you can't take that personal. I didn't take it personal. No, you shouldn't, I'm, because that's yeah, their I'm, that's their taste, you know. Yep, I'm friends with with the main guys over there. You know, I'll see them in a couple of weeks in Monterey. You know, we'll 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 chat it up. The guys about my age, I get it. You know, so people can't take it personal if if what you're what you're pitching isn't what they're looking for, because um, at that point, it's no longer a two way exchange; it's just a one way exchange. Right, and you don't have that entitlement. You know, you're like, this is what I'm going to do. And if if anybody wants to call, pretty pretty much a sponsorship is a collabo, you know, that they support your idea and your build, and they're willing to help. So, um, Instagram profile of the week. Yes, sir. So for those of you who are new to this program, 
you know, every every episode, we're going to do an Instagram profile highlight of the week. And so we go through an outline, you know, one of our favorite users to, to talk about that week just a little bit, tell you who they are and what their what their their profile name is and what vehicle they drive. And hopefully you jump on board and follow them. Mm-hmm. So for my Instagram pro- profile of the week, I'm thinking this morning as I was getting on the elevator going to to work, it's like, you know what? My friend, Michael, Michael Steiger, um, which is at battle.wagon. Battle wagon. He needs to be highlighted because, I mean, this guy has more followers than me anyway. But you'd if you're not following him already, Brando, you'd love this guy. Filipino um, dude, right? Maybe. Michael, I don't know what I don't remember if you're Filipino or not, or just Latino. So he has a. a he's gonna laugh when he hears that. But Michael drives a 2007 Hyundai Santa Fe. You heard me correctly, and he's on his third or fourth phase build of this mini SUV. Mm-hmm. His car is sick, man. It's really nice. And we struck up a friendship a year or two ago. I'm on Instagram and, uh, you know, it's got a chance to see his vehicle, I think one or two phases ago. So he's up in Kingman, Arizona. He came down for an elite tuner show. So, you know, we were able to hook up, walk around and laugh and, and drink some pops. But, you know, when I look at his build, it reminds me a lot of people like yourself, myself, where you you take something. His even more so because, I mean, we started with NSXs. Right. Right. You, one could argue, like, why, why did you ruin your NSX? You know, we hear that <laughs> shit all the time. Right. He had a Hyundai Santa Fe, okay? A Hyundai Santa Fe. Like, what do you even do with that? <laughs> His Hyundai Santa Fe is clean. It's at battle.wagon. Give him a follow. Drop him a DM. Tell him you think his Hyundai is the sickest Hyundai on the planet. He'll tell you thanks. So who who's your highlight of the week? All right, man, this guy, I, I've been following him, I want to say a year and a half, two years ago. And he did, okay, this guy is, uh, his Instagram is Mustang Kyle. And he did. How are you spelling that? M-U-S-T-A-N-G-K-Y-L-E. Just ran together, no dot, no nope, underscore, nope, nothing? Just one word, Mustang oh, okay. Kyle. And. He built a 67 Mustang with a C5 engine. Oh. And then it was this crazy over fender wide body that he did. And freaking crazy, crazy. But now he's building a 63 Volkswagen Beetle with a Hayabusa engine. Oh, he's a speed hunters guy. Is he, is he a speed hunter? Well, yeah, he's got a yeah, he's got this wide body. I think he's not, not yeah, it's his speed hunters, but it looks like um, that looks like the Hoonigan Mustang. You've seen the Hoonigan Mustang, right, right, right. Yeah, he modeled it kind of like the Hoonigan Mustang. Oh, yeah, I'm looking. It's not that, but I mean that's that's a badass, crazy looking vehicle. Oh, he built a little hatch on the back of it, like right, a like a wagon. right. And the thing about it is, is that huh. those fenders are metal. Like that's not. 3D print or not fiberglass, like that's some work. That's, that's crazy, crazy work. Oh, yeah, he was in Tuner Battlegrounds. Hope he won, man. That is sick. Right. That's. But I can see that. I mean, that's a, that's a build where people like it or they think it's just the worst thing ever. And why the hell would somebody do that to a car? Yep. Because people have no imagination. I'm looking at this thing like I think it's bad. Right. Like you know, like he he pretty much disassembled that Mustang and put it back together the way he wants it to look like. You know what that car is? That is the the main character's car 
you know, post-apocalyptic movie. And I'm not trying to reference Mad Max, but anything like that, you know, Escape from L.A., one of those things where just the world's gone to shit and he's got that thing and he's just doing whatever he wants, running from the bad guys. Right. Um, blowing some shit up. That's, that is that car. And that it is, looks that battle is, ready. That is, yeah, that is badass. So that's Mustang Kyle at Mustang, Mustang Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. 67 with a C5 motor. Yeah, like I wish I had that much time. I wish I had that much time in my hand in the garage. And actually, if I knew what the fuck I was doing. There you go. Because I was like, it's not even just the time or the space, but the craftsmanship. They had the know-how to pull that off. Every once in a while, or the or the resources. Because sometimes you have a vision, but not the craftsmanship. Like I, I don't have the craftsmanship, regardless of what people say. I have a I have a crazy vision. But sometimes you get that perf that person who can imagine it and has a craftsmanship right. and might have a little bit of money or spend every every penny they have into the project and that's when you I think you see the really cool shit come out. Right. When it starts taking its own form, you know. I mean that yep. makes my car look like just a wrapped in a sex, which it is in a sense, but you know, I did my best to make it more while trying to stay relatively stock body. Right. And a good job on that one. So Shout out, so are, shout out, Mustang Kyle. Shout out, yeah. So those are our Instagram highlights of the week. You got Battle Wagon, Battle.Wagon, and then Mustang Kyle. Oh, if you have somebody you want to submit to us, go ahead and submit them. And, and it doesn't have to be necessarily our highlight. You know, ultimately, we'd like to see a collection of submissions, and then we can kind of pick which one we're going to go go with. Um, right. What are your thoughts on that, right? Correct. So send, send us what you guys think it's cool or something that we should we should at least take a take a peek at, you know? Last year when I was on the same project, I wanted to do a video. So the guys over at Gears and Gasoline, Ben and Ben, you know, they do an excellent job. And a lot of people saw my car on the Gears of Gasoline video, blah, blah, blah. I rent cars every week. So I figured, hey, why don't I open up a YouTube channel and do some rental car reviews? There, are, there isn't one out there. So I recorded nine to 12 episodes. Um, and it's really weird when you're like recording yourself out in the middle of nowhere. You can't <laughs> listen to music because the music is copyrighted. So you're driving in a car and you're talking to a GoPro or you're talking to your cell phone at times. So it's really, it can be super awkward. So when you watch yourself, you know, like right now when we're on the phone, we're probably doing all sorts of quirky little things, but we're not watching ourselves. So it doesn't matter. Right. Anyway. So I went back and I watched some of these videos and man, there's some funny parts, but ultimately I'm like, I wouldn't want to watch this. This sucks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, this sucks. You know, this is, if I don't want to watch my own show, then how can I expect other people to watch it? But to be fair, there's a lot of stupid shit on, on boring stuff that people watch. You know, you pull up a how-to video and it'll have 200,000 views and it's the worst fucking video ever with the lowest quality <laughs> and the stupidest guy doing it or, or girl. But what I'll, anyway, what I want to do is I think we should add another section. So while you're talking about your Spectre Defender, I'm going to have a section called Jay's Rental Car of the Week. Cool. All right. Yeah. And so I'll talk about what I'm driving that week. You know, okay. you know, so you know, like this week I have a GMC truck that I've never even heard of and you know I'm not going to talk too much about it because I haven't done a lot of research on it but it's a GMC Canyon you know and it's ultimately what I'm going to do is say this is what I'm driving this week this is what I like this is what I don't like you might want to check it out you may not want to check it out <laughs> okay yeah that would be that. good that would be good yeah they'll give a lot of insight you know I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there that rent cars for you know business and whenever they travel and a little bit of insight always helps. I agree. You know, it's a little fun too. So, because, you know, some of these cars, like I have status with different car companies. 
my wife always makes fun of me because I start complaining. It's like, yeah, I showed up the lot. It's 1130. They don't have shit. She's like, oh, you're being too bougie. I'm like, man, <laughs> when I, when I, when I travel as much as I do and, and when the companies assign you a certain tier, like if you're a, like for Hertz, you know, you got president circle. So president circle is the best you can do unless you want to pay extra for really cool shit. Right. right? And then, you know, with national, I've, I'm at the level that's the best I can do unless I want to pay $80 a day for a, a Range Rover. So, you know, as you, if you rent cars often and you've rented cars, I'm sure. And, yeah. you know, you have the economy, intermediate, blah, 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 blah. So when you're, when you're standing in the president's circle, you're supposed to have some pretty decent cars to choose from. So sometimes you're standing there and there's a shit. I want to be in something that's kind of clean and cool. And for me, I have to have CarPlay, man. If it doesn't have CarPlay, it doesn't get J. That's my hard rule. <laughs> right. Especially if they're new. Yeah. And more and more manufacturers are starting to do it. But right now, uh, Nissan, Infiniti is still a little bit behind unless you upgrade. Toyota doesn't have it unless you upgrade your vehicle. And there's no upgraded vehicles when you're renting cars. Um, GMC has it. Chevy has it. Dodge has it. Ford has it. You know, Hyundai has it. So there's, you know, uh, some Jeeps have it. Some Jeeps don't. Like the Jeep Wranglers don't have it. But, you know, the Jeep Cherokees, the Grand Cherokees, um, the Compass, they all have it. Uh, so, you know, um, like I said, no, no, no CarPlay, no Jay. But anyway, so that's, that's where we're gonna, I'm going to talk about that a little bit um, moving forward, but not today. <laughs> all right. So you can follow Brando at that damn NSX on Instagram and you can follow me at NA2NSX on Instagram as well. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends, and let's grow this thing together. So for yes, Brando Barrameda and myself, Jay Finning. Peace out. Peace out. This has been the Hard Parking Podcast. Shut up!